Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. We've got through two races at Silverstone, two very different races at Silverstone. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, this this week's was um, interesting. I'm kind of glad they did change up the tyres. I've got to be honest. It was it was kind of the shot in the arm it needed after the first 48 laps of last week. Yes, absolutely. It was uh, the the one stop race didn't appear to work, did it whatsoever for uh, for everyone actually. It, it, I I was so not hyped for this race, before, you know, in the build up and everything, and I I I was genuinely not looking forward to watching it. To be perfectly honest, I thought I'm just gonna spend another race on Twitter moaning about watching Formula One, and I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> It was it was an alright race. There was stuff going on all the time, wasn't there? You know, up and down the field. Um, I know some people are saying, well, there wasn't much on track action. It was, you know, all to do in the pits and things like that. But that a lot of it was because people took early pit stops and you know tried to make that that hard tire last. Um, you know, really long middle stint. And it worked for some teams, and it didn't work for others at all whatsoever. I mean, it working, so, it working for Ferrari was the biggest shock, or at least one of the Ferraris. It only worked for one mm. Ferrari. We can talk about that. Um, that that was a, a, a telling radio message, wasn't it? That was deliberately broadcast, and uh, we we read the text of as well. Mm. Mm. I thought I thought it was a brilliant race because just because I, I found it so intriguing, you know, for the whole thing. Maybe maybe we didn't get like the passes for the lead, but to see like what we thought would be a um, like just a Mercedes romping off into the distance to uh, all all of a sudden have like Max Verstappen there and watch Mercedes slowly lose the race. Uh, I you know I I thought it was great. It was good. It was. It was uh, very entertaining. I mean, that was, it was a it was a telling start when Verstappen went into the lead um, because the Mercedes had been at the front constantly this season, apart from four laps in Hungary. Yeah. And I think that was just because of pit stop sequence, wasn't it? It wasn't mm. that genuinely someone else had led. It had just been that the Mercedes had pitted a lap or two earlier. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 put paid to the. Our Mercedes is going to win every race this season. So, shit, they well, are. No, they haven't. They are. <laughs> nope. They are mortal. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. Should we do the uh, classic thing of starting from from the rear? Should we say it is Ooh. the way we go? <laughs> or as it's more and more becoming known this season, start from the Hass end. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, they haven't right. always been the last team, but, no, but this no, weekend. No, as I said, yes. th- this season definitely, definitely the slowest car. Perhaps. I'd say so. It's not slower than the Williams. Um, Grosjean, Grosjean said that he was pleasantly surprised by the pace. Grosjean, who finished 16th out of 19 finishers. Yes. Was that right? 16th? Yeah. Yes, that, he said yeah, he, he was, quite, he was quite, quite, quite surprised with the, uh, the mm. pace. Quite happy with it. He's easily pleased, isn't he? They're paying him. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. Do you think Haas are gone this next year? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they are because all that Perez money is going to uh, convince Gene Haas to have another year. I think that's the thing. I don't think they're gone. I think the drivers are probably gone. 
See, it t- yeah, he, it, well, you're going to need two people bringing money in because what, what does Prayers Prayers bring in? 11 million? Uh, I know uh, he's been. A solid amount, yeah. Yeah. That's, but, that's, like, about, the same, that's... that's about the same amount that Grosjean brings in. Let's not forget that. Yeah, I, but I was just going to say Perez 11 million less. does not finance a Formula One team. Um, so Hulkenberg has said that he is in talks about something for next year as well, and presumably he would come with a solid amount of stuff as well. I see. I, I, I'm not sure how much backing um, Hulkenberg's got because that's why he lost his, um, what you call it, uh, his Williams, seat, wasn't it? Or was it not the when he had his year with Williams and then he dropped out and then came back with was it with Force India? Yeah, and then or maybe it was Salba then. I can't. Oh, I can't remember. Salba. It was during when he was shifting around. Yeah, because I think he was kind of in the same position that Darista was in, where he was bringing money in, but not quite enough money to keep a seat. But I think it, I think he's got the potential because I mean, uh, K Mag doesn't bring a great deal in because remember, remember a few years ago, Ron Dennis sort of shops him around Denmark, saying, "Hey, sponsor this guy and us." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But but that's what I mean. I don't. I see the problem Hass has got is um, uh, obviously if they replace their drivers, I think they would do a little bit better. But um, the the car's shite, so you know it's if Hulkenberg was in that um, was in that car. He would have still probably just been around where Magnussen and Grosjean were, and if a Gene Haas came out today, was it today or or yesterday, saying that he's not happy with the results that Haas are producing? So I think as soon as you've got like the guy that's bankrolling the team comes out and says that there's issues, I mean, could we see the team changing hands? And it um, there's a little bit of a bit of an Ericsson situation where um, Perez's backers end up buying the team. I, um, I don't know if they'd buy a whole team. If they were going to do it, they'd have done it before. Now. I, I think more likely you're looking at like the Mazepins or someone like that. Yeah. And even even then, it's such a big it's such a big investment to buy a failing Formula One team. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not like you're essentially just buying the entry with, uh, with Haas because mm. it's not like what they do uh, the Strolls did with um, force India buying them out because you you're uh, they, they don't build the cars you know it's they bought a fully functioning working mid grid Formula One team you know it's they it's the ideal way to get into the sport if you want to do it but if you if you've no if you've no knowledge of racing as far as running and managing and uh, like building a team. And then you come in and buy a team which doesn't even build its own car. I I don't I don't understand the value there. I see what you Sounds mean. Like, like yeah, you're, you're you're either signing up to the same model that Haas have got, or you have suddenly got to find a lot of extra personnel and expertise to start building a car from out of the middle of nowhere. Well, that's it, and it's it's proving as well that you're because uh, we 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 said this all along, didn't we? Because Haas were quite impressive when they first came out. It, one would say almost as impressive as what um, Racing Point have been this year with their with their model, uh, when Haas looked remarkably like a Ferrari. And um, you know, it's that we did wonder when they started making it so you had to build more of your own parts, uh, what they would come to, and it's. They're clearly not doing a very good job of that side, or Delara aren't make, doing a very good job of making the chassis for them. And Ferrari aren't doing a great job of making an engine anymore either. 
No, no. It's some somebody did a did a measurement, didn't they? They didn't come out until after uh, the British Grand Prix, so not the one we just had the one before. Um, Silver Silverst uh, one rather than Silvers two that we had this weekend. Correct. Th- thank you to I uh, can't remember who on Discord that came up with that. Yeah, yeah. Silvers what Silvers one were was. Um, uh, Mercedes were measured uh, GPS. They measured a, a 1,022 horsepower, and um, the Ferraris are 68 horsepower down on that. Jesus. Which is, whereas last year they think they had a roughly 35 to 40 horsepower advantage. Which I meant I meant to say this last week. Um, the theory is that Mercedes engine power this year is all Ferrari's fault because that's what Mercedes thought, the gap that Mercedes thought they had to make up. And as it turns out, um, it, they were taking the measurements from when Ferrari... Were cheating. Were cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but Mercedes just ploughed on and did it anyway, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the difference is doubled. It is quite scary, the pace that the... Uh Mercedes have. Kind of serves Ferrari right, though, doesn't it? Because if you wouldn't have cheated, they wouldn't have developed that much. And Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's Bricksworth, isn't it, where the Mercedes engines are built. So the, the Mercedes will have ploughed plenty of resources uh, and obviously money and everything else they possibly could to making sure that they didn't have the deficit this year, at least, thinking that Ferrari were going to be able to develop um, you know, and add a little bit more too. But in in real terms, Ferrari have had their stripped away, uh, and uh, and and even still lost some with with their. Uh, it's like been like a backwards development move going into this year. Um, so it, it makes the gap appear an awful lot bigger than it was. You know, compared to last year's car, Mercedes only have like a twenty horsepower advantage, which you would expect maybe Ferrari could have made up over the winter, but. Yeah, when you've got a sixty-eight horsepower advantage over over Ferrari, that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, I mean that's you know we're at the kind of gap when teams were using last year's engines as um, as customer power units, and they were the yes. gap. They were you know that was the sort of gap that they had over contemporary engines at the time. I mean, sixty-eight horsepower isn't much less than you would get in your average hatchback. Hmm. Well, yeah, sixty-eight horsepower is like your bog-standard Vauxhall Corsa, mm-hmm. your your Renault Renault Clio, sort of you know small, very small cars. Most of them now even have have more than that. But but yeah, your, your starter cars that you would you know give to people who've just passed their test. <laughs> or in the case of your old Clio, two Renault Clios. I think the Clio started off with about seventy-two, but what is it? You reckon you lose about a horsepower a year? So really, yeah. That that I'm sure that's a Top Gear stat. So, yeah. Um, so it's either wrong or it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the Hasses' performance, I just I just don't remember seeing either of them doing doing anything notable apart from K Mag retiring. K Mag tried no. to wipe out Latifi and oh. didn't do a very good job of that. Mm. Shit! Yes, I'd forgotten. That was I'd forgotten about, about that. Yeah, he, he got a five five second penalty for it as well, didn't he? And which really yeah. affected the result. Yeah, kind of, well, they pulled him into the garage anyway, didn't they? Retired the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, kind of bollocked up um, Latifi's arrow on the left because you you could see bits flying off. Well, I don't know that they actually touched, but I think I think Latifi had to jump out of the way, but because he was riding the curb at the time, 
when Magnuson decided I'm going to take, I'm going to just you know not not take him out, but I'm going to force you back onto the track. That I think that sharp movement maybe ripped something off of the underside of the floor. I don't know what it was, but there was definitely some some debris after they made that move. Yeah, you could you could you could see some fl- something flying off, but yeah, dick move from K Mag when you think about it. Totally. Uh, Grosjean was definitely anonymous. We all, we also we're not hearing him complain a lot this year. Maybe maybe because they're just not bothering bothering with him on the team radio because there's more interesting complaints to listen to. This is the thing we've heard it all before from him, haven't we? Yeah, how many times do you want to hear the brakes have gone? Yeah, the brakes have gone, or you know the what, what's the what's the no? I've got no power. He always says I've got no power when he's actually got no power. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've said all the best we can about Haas. Yes, they the, took part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Williams next. Um, again, good on Saturday, down on Sunday. It's amazing, isn't it? Carter can have so much single lap pace and then just lose it all on a Sunday. Yeah, because I mean, George Russell, um, 12th at one point during um, during P1, uh, Q1, uh, ended up qualifying 15th. Um, although that might have been because he was blocked by Ocon. And then yes. Latifi, close to getting into Q2. You know, he wasn't, wasn't exactly a million miles off. And then they go finish 18th and 19th. Yeah, it's, it's sad, isn't it? See, I, I think Russell's qualifying might just be the fact that um, he can, like, th- throw a lap together. Like, you know, it's a, I think he's he's got a car which doesn't want to spit him off the track every ten minutes now, mm. uh, and it's it's made it so he can he can just wring the neck out of it for like a single hot lap. Although- yeah, but when it comes to the Sunday and they've got management to do, etc., yeah. you know, the, the car is. It's it's underdeveloped, but it's not as bad. We've said it before. We're repeating ourselves week after week here, but it's not as bad as last year's car. Um, no, it's not. It's definitely not as bad as last year's. And um, we all know how difficult it is to make a Formula One car these days. Mm, I'm so, I, I'm worried for Russell though. Like, did, I'm, didn't he have an extra? Didn't he have an extra pit stop because um, the it, the car was even harder on the tyres than everybody well, else? All the Mercedes powered cars were. This is maybe the the issue with having such a powerful engine it just shredded mm. the shit out of its tires for all three of yeah. the mercedes powered teams they all ended lower than they started and it, the problems like fairly real limited as well weren't they so uh, could, it would it would yeah, suggest too it was much traction. power yeah too, too much grunt coming out the engine and even the smallest bit of tire slippage so i mean with with the silverstone track surface itself it's pretty unforgiving and that's why they always use Obviously, they've always used in the past the hardest available compounds. Because I mean, what was it? Two years ago, they made the ultra hards because they thought they might need to make, was it need to super use them? hard. Was it so, super hard. Mm. So I don't think yeah. we ever actually yeah. saw properly on a track, did we? But they existed just in case. Mm. They have resurfaced think- Silverstone since then because it kept upsetting the bikes. But I don't think it's necessarily been shown to be any easier on the tyres. Yeah, but they had to resurface it after the resurfacing because the first one went wrong and um, it wasn't actually draining yeah. and they had to abandon the British Round of Motor GP because the track was flooded. Oops. Because <laughs> they'd put all that new tarmac down and all the water couldn't go well anywhere. That'll but, happen. But, yeah, I mean, Williams, Williams on a Saturday, it, 
far in advance of what they're doing on a Sunday. But, I mean, it's good to be able to talk about a Williams being in Q2. Yeah, it is. I, it's, oh, it's great and do get in there, but it, you know, if they're not providing him the car to then tr- at least try and move forward or stay where he is, then what's the fucking point? <laughs> I mean, look at it. Look at it this way: this time last year, we were always talking about Williams first. This time, we're talking about them second and being disappointed in what they've done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just, I, I worry that um, you, uh, George Russell might be headed down a. Um, Martin Brundle path rather than a Lewis Hamilton path in his career. So promising, but just the sea isn't opening up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, people, people can joke about Brundle crashing and stuff like that, but the fact that he's he's won everything he's done, you know, he's won everything he's done. He'd beaten Senna in lower formulas. Um, you know, he was, he's essentially a lost world champion, Martin Brundle, in my eyes. I have a book on. Uh on Ayrton Senna, and a lot of it is written from the perspective of Martin Brundle uh, as a as a racing rival um, during those uh, during those early eighties, and uh, yeah, in cars that were comparatively um, you, you know similar to each other, they weren't identical. This wasn't a, wasn't like a uh, a spec formula, but in cars that were were, were comparatively identical, uh, the not identical, similar. The yeah. um, <laughs> almost yeah, Brund- almost unique. Brundle was able, yeah, Brundle was able to race Senna. Fair enough. He, he he throws his hands up and says, "Look, I lost out more than I won, but I was able to race him." Yeah. Um, he was always going to be, you know, something really, really special. And uh, yeah, he was. But you know, Martin Brundle just wasn't because, as you say, the scene never opened. What was Brundle's biggest drive? Was probably replacing Senna at McLaren. Yeah, and when the, it was the a year dog of a McLaren, ju- just, yeah, a, the just as Mac- just as McLaren turned to crap. Yeah, yeah, they just got rid of the Ford and um, went to Peugeot, and um, I think it was a year before they got Mercedes engines. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the Peugeot was a stopgap for a year, um, and uh, that was the year that Brundle uh, raced for McLaren. Brundle was apparently in line to take the Williams seat in '92, but uh, Nigel Mansell changed his mind, and, and uh, so '91 and '92. But then Nigel Mansell changed his mind, and um, he he ended up getting the seat. Um, that would that would have been his world championship <laughs> year, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, '92 was 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 yeah. Mansell's championship year. Yeah, the '91 uh, was the beginning of the of the super technological Williams. It took them a year to get their head around it. '92 was the year they blew everyone away. Mansell won mm-hmm. the championship by Hungary, and um, I think the, I think he won like eight out of the sixteen races or nine out of the sixteen races that year. Something ridiculous. Wow. And that, yeah. you know, yeah, that that could have been Brundle, but yeah, I, I, say, I say what you mean about that, about him being an early thing. I, I was concerned at one point you were saying you were about to say he was going to go down the Stoffel route because the results are looking similar. No, no, because it's um, I, I I I think Russell's got the talent to do it. You know, it's I mean, if if Russell had been given the opportunity Stoffel had, I don't think we'd be having this problem. You know, it's because Stoffel had a much better car. Than um than uh, than Russell's got, so yeah, I don't, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I think we'd, well, we'd be having a. Don't forget, it was it was the best chassis on the grid, wasn't it? Just with yeah, a GP but, <laughs> with a GP two engine. But you know, but Stoffel had a decent. There was a, he had a year of a semi good McLaren, didn't he? Where they were at least scoring points. Well, one of them was. 
Yeah, 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 and it was Alonso was getting the favor. We know now, don't we? That Alonso was getting the favorable parts. He was getting, he was do getting we, a lot. Do we know it? Do we? I, I see. I still, I still find that story just uh, stoffel, being a bit stoffely because his Formula One career fucking went to tatters. It didn't come from Stoffel, did it? It came from, um, it came from, I want to say motorsport.com. That all of the upgrades went to Alonso first, and if they worked, Stoffel got them a couple of races later. And if they didn't, but you'd expect that, as you know, in any team, you know, you'd you'd ex- might most teams have a favoured driver. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think I think Van Dorn probably uh, his time at McLaren was probably up, but I would like to have seen him in, uh, you know, in another car in Formula One. But he went to Formula E, and we all saw what happened there this weekend. Well, everyone still likes him because he gets fan boost at every race. <laughs> oh yeah, he seems like he seems like a nice guy, but that's it's just I, I he just didn't didn't do it, you know. But but I mean, there is a comparison between him and George Russell if you if you want to go down that route because it, just like George Russell, he ripped GP two apart, uh, and we thought, you know, that's we thought he was going to come into Formula One and do the same thing. I mean, yeah. I, I guess it. I guess I guess George Russell was never expected to come into Formula One with as many expectations as Stoffel because he was joining a team that were in a pretty bad position. McLaren were always yeah. going to be, you know, don't look for us at the start of the season, look for us at the end. Yeah, and the other thing is as well is regardless of regardless of parts and stuff like that, it if being apart from maybe being Max Verstappen's teammate. I think the toughest teammate to have would be Fernando Alonso. Probably, yeah. You know, e- even more than um, Lewis Hamilton. And Lewis, don't get me wrong, Lewis Hamilton would be a tough teammate to have. But, you know, it's, uh, Alonso's just fucking relentless. You know, he's, he's absolutely relentless as far as race pace goes. But we were uh, talking about Williams. Oh, and the, the, other, the other reason, of course, <laughs> yeah. that you don't like Stoffel is he took Jensen's seat. No, no, it doesn't bother me that. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. But um, the, no, McLaren made the... I, I, to be perfectly honest, I, do, I wouldn't have wanted, to, wanted Jensen to stay in because was, it was so horrible watching, like Fernando, it was so horrible watching two world champions being given that car week in, week out. It was a tough watch, but going, going back to Williams, um, yeah, just a... N- just, just a bad race for both of them. I mean, Latifi was the was the last of the finishers, and his pace just his pace just dropped off. Mm. He, he was lo- he was looking a little speedy at first, and just didn't really didn't couldn't really capitalise on it. And again, I think that may that may have come out of the tyres, and, and Sean said something to do with the engine putting too much pressure on the tyres. Uh, right, Alpha next. Um, Trying to remember what they race. did. Yeah, Giovinazzi in seventeenth and Kimi in fifteenth after qualifying last. Yeah, the seventieth. We everybody heard the stat, didn't they? That at the very first Grand Prix, it was one, two, three, four on the grid, and then in the seventieth anniversary, Alpha Romeo line up on the back row. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, in that respect, they did okay, I guess, getting past the Williamses and Ahas. Uh, well, no, but, well, Raikkonen got past, 
Raikkonen got past both Hasses. Yeah, that's, that's not easy to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just they're they're totally anonymous, aren't they? They're, they're becoming anonymous Sauber again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's becoming clear that Kimi really doesn't like the car. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't think either of them seem to be getting on particularly well with it. I think Giovinazzi, because his career depends on it, is being a little bit more upbeat and polite about it. But Kimi just has a vibe of, why the hell am I here? Yeah, it's well we thought Alpha rebadging Alfa Romeo, the Ferrari tie-in. We thought that was going to lead to Alfa Romeo being like a up where the fucking racing point is possibly. And uh, it's it's not, is it? <laughs> I think the problem is Ferrari have gone to shit, so any tie-in... Absolutely. It, it's not as, as much of a benefit as if you've got a tie-in with Mercedes. Correct. I think I think this is uh, Kimi's last year. I think he'll retire after this. I wouldn't be shocked. No, I think, he, I think he's going to go and drive speedboats and snowmobiles. And... Why the fuck not? Yeah, teach, teach his kid how to ride a motorbike. Oh, he's, he's, the kid has a cart already. The kid is mm. carting. Oh, he'll get, he'll get the kid on two wheels before his seventh birthday. We'll, we'll see him in the talent cup. No, no, <laughs> child child Raikkonen is destined for the carts. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's what I think as well, because if you, if you follow him on Instagram, he's constantly posting pictures of him with his son doing the carting thing, and that's, like, I, I, it seems to be a good replacement for a Formula One driver, that, doesn't it? I, said, yeah. I think that's why we see so many of like the familiar surnames at the moment in F2 yeah. and F3. Delatraz, Alacy, mm. Schumacher, yeah, and then in Formula 1, Magnussen, mm-hmm. Verstappen. Who else have you got? There's PK, there's a few of them, there's a couple of Fittipaldis kicking around about still. N- yeah. About 90 Fittipaldis. Yeah. He, there's still more to come as well. He <laughs> has got a production line. <laughs> uh, there's got to be another Andretti at some point. Probably. Oh, there's, um, sounds about right. Yeah, there's, there's a fact. There's a factory in New Jersey churns one out every three quarters of an hour, <laughs> <laughs> and none of them win the Indy 500. I mean, there's even a Doohan. Oh yeah. yes, the boy yeah, Doohan. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't Red Bull on him. Yes. It's truth. Um, but yeah, it's it's Alpha. It's just it's just it's Sauber in a different colour. Alfa Romeo for sale, by the way, if anyone wants one. I've got one for sale. <laughs> is, is this the one that's not on the road so often? Bring your own tow rope. <laughs> <laughs> you finally given up on it, then? Yeah, I have to. It's completely useless. <laughs> you're, really, you're really pitching it here. I don't give a shit. I just want rid of it. <laughs> One careful owner, because you fucking have to be. It's an alpha. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, shall we do McLaren next? Yeah. Yeah. Carlos in 13th. What happened? He didn't, didn't, didn't have good qualifying either, did they? Mm. I think they fell into the trap that everyone else did with, like... Because the soft tyres that were available this weekend were, weren't even good for one flying lap. You couldn't do a fast warm-up lap and then do a flying lap. You had to do a really slow warm-up lap. Uh, and then you had to decide which sectors you wanted your tyre to be to be alive in. Did you want to attack the first sector and maybe lose a little bit of grip in the last sector? Or did you want to save them a bit in the first sector and attack the last sector? 
that seemed to be the, the, the two ways that people did it who who went for the softs. Uh, McLaren just, just fell into into that trap. I think Sainz started on the hards and just wasn't able to make them work. Um, I, I, I think the tyres, instead of you know giving us like, well, they gave us another spicy race this week, but they, it was because the teams didn't really know how to handle them. And the ones who who did manage to handle them came out on top. Mm, Signs also lost a couple of places when he had shitty pit stop. Um, one Correct. of the real guns yeah, yeah, yeah. did not work. And then, yeah, then not- he stopped just outside the box because there was other there was cars Someone coming. was coming in who shouldn't have been there because he should have been gone like two seconds earlier. And yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a clusterfuck. And Lando was actually fairly happy with P9 because he thought that that car was just going to drop out of the points. Yeah. Again, he seemed to be struggling, struggling with the tyres at, um, at some points during the middle of the race. But one thing I did notice from Lando, I don't think he had too bad a start this time. No, he's, uh, he's very cautious, isn't he, at the starts, Lando? be interesting to see if he ever gets in a car that can qualify, like, front row, whether he's still as cautious. He was on the um, hards, though, wasn't he? No, he started on the mediums. Oh, was he on the mediums, was he? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. I think, was it only Verstappen in the top ten that was on the hards? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, all, all the rest of the top ten were on, uh, were on I, mediums. Um, one thing, though... Sign- I just don't think... Sorry, sorry to put in just quick, quickly with but on the Lando thing. I just don't think that McLaren's as good as we thought it was. I think it wasn't very good on these tyres at all. Much like... Uh, yeah, or, it's, sil- or Silverstone. It just wasn't there for Silverstone. It was all right last week. It was just this week. With the uh, with the tyres, they just didn't didn't handle the tyres well at all, yeah, much they, like the Mercedes. Where, where did they... Where did they finish last weekend? Uh, f- fifth and, and well, Sainz had a blowout. So yeah, he was, Sainz, he was Sainz, running. Sainz would have been fourth if he hadn't had that blowout. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. So Sainz was fourth, Norris was sixth, and I think he inherited. Fi- oh no, Sainz was uh, Norris would have been seventh, wouldn't he? Because he inherited Bottas and Sainz's places yeah. as well. Mm. So yeah, it would have been fourth and seventh, but then it was fifth and like I don't know, fifteenth or something. But did we we lost a racing point though? And um, Stroll wasn't just didn't seem to be there because that's that's the thing. The thing I mean is I think I think the regardless of that, I think the racing points a better car. Yeah, McLaren. I would say so. Yeah. So you can so it, let let if I know it's it, but then it they're no, a team they're a team that didn't make it work for them last week at all. But then this week they they you know they're all right. Double points yeah. finish. Yeah, they so. lost positions though from where they started. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Hulk doubly so. <laughs> but I do. I, I think that Renault is a better car than we thought it was, and I don't think the McLaren is as good as we thought it was. The Renault that finished one place ahead of one McLaren and one place behind the other one. No, no, not necessarily that. this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and no, but even the um, like the qualifying Ricardo put in. The, uh, you know, he, he had that spin, didn't he? Which he did. You hear in the interview where he referred to, he said, "I had a Seb spin." <laughs> oh, amazing! Um, so no, I just it just I um, I don't think we're giving Renault enough credit because they were off the pace last year and they've clearly found something this year. There might be a little bit as well of McLaren arrived ready and everyone else has maybe taken a couple of races just to mm. sort of get going. Yep. 
So it might be that McLaren yeah. have just been caught very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think it doesn't. Uh, maybe it didn't show with Renault immediately either, because they had a really torrid test, didn't they? It was only like the the last half a day mm. with Ricardo, where they all of a sudden they started showing some pace. Well, what was it? So, the um, the the first test, I think, seventy five percent of the car was last year's. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so, I so, so they yeah. they were on their back foot immediately. But um, yeah, I think it, it 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 whatever they're doing. Like I say, I don't I don't think they're getting enough credit for it. Yeah, true. I mean, one thing where science was lucky that uh, he didn't get taken out by Vettel on the opening lap. Yeah, very lucky. You know, ex- expert recovery from Seb, kind of, then, before he lost it again. Well, he's got a lot of practice, hasn't he? Yeah, that is, that is, mm. that is true. But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. It is, it is Renault next, actually. O- Ocon in eighth and Ricardo in 14th. Um, Dan- Danny was on for a decent, decent finish, and then the tyres just left and yeah he had, and he had, had that spin didn't he which kind of yeah took him off the back of the midfield train mm. that that was the big problem i mean he it, it was obvious what had happened he just tried to put the power down a bit too early like when he was on the outside of science because you could see science had him i think and uh he was desperate because if if I believe if he'd have got next to him, then he'd have had the inside, wouldn't he, for the next turn? Mm. And I think he was he was trying to make sure he had the in- inside for the next turn, and it all went fucking pear shaped. It was it was kind of per- kind of perfect storm, really. Dirty part of the track, um, knackered tires, and a hotter than expected racing surface. Yeah, you know you, you're not you're not going to get any grip whatsoever there. You know, you're effectively trying to make a pass on uh, molten rubber, or skating on top of more molten rubber. Yeah, basically, not, yeah. Not ideal. Yeah, but um, decent showing from Ocon in the end after his uh, after his qualifying woes. No, oh, he was trashing qualifying, totally terrible. It looked like the, the most binary, almost the most binary result for Renault. Um, given that the, you know, the car's starting to, as Lee just said, the car's starting to come together and they're starting to be a bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. It looked like Gokon didn't have a clue what he was doing in qualifying, but then obviously in the race he pulled it back, so fair play to him. But no, I, I, do, I do see what you mean, Lee. <coughs> yeah, pardon oh, me. No, but no. I do see what you mean about the, um, about, about the Renault looking good, and I think, I, think it is a, I think it is a development thing that they've had a chance to actually get something together. Mm. Now, because yeah, testing they all right. They looked a little bit better than they did last year because it was enhancements on last year's car. But now we're actually now we're actually seeing the real thing, and it it is becoming more of a straight three way fight for the midfield. Well, four way if you include Ferrari, depending on yeah yeah. Oh, so do are we do we do we put um. Do we still put Racing Point in the midfield? You know, I, if, if I, I think the, I think that sort of towards they've got the towards the front of that battle, but it's now mm. there's there's four teams vying for third to seventh. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close, isn't it? Yeah, you know, because I mean, like I say, like Sean said, Racing Point weren't on it last week, were on it this week. Mm. Well, I've put if you look at the running order, I put McLaren and then Renault. But you know, arguably, you could have swapped those two around, maybe possibly because one of them did better than the other one. But then, when you look at the next team, only one of them, you know, scored point. They were literally sandwiched between the McLarens and the Renaults. Mm. There's not a lot and in it at all, is there? In that, no, that no, no, neck no. of the and woods, these, 
yeah, and these guys were, you know, we were not expected to be anywhere near the top end of the of the midfield. Yet there they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, They're, you know, good showing from AlphaTauri. Alpha Tauri Sky is still calling them Alpha Tauri. I wish they wouldn't. They <laughs> made a point. The first all, race all of the I season. Think of is Boris Johnson. <laughs> the first race of the season, they made a point of asking them, how are we saying it? And as soon as they said, oh, Alpha Tauri. Right, so Alpha Tauri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the the Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi debate all over again, isn't it? He, he, he put his own video out saying it's Antonio Giovinazzi. And then everybody still calls him Giovanazzi. It's like, oh, right, okay, yeah, crack on then. Yeah, I mean, the other one, do you pronounce it Kimoa or overpriced? <laughs> <laughs> the Indy 500 range is available. I want to see how much the uh, Kimoa Renault range is next year and how many, kid- Ooh, how many yes. kidneys it is per hat. Anyway, on to the other expensive clothing manufacturer on the grid. Yeah, Alpha Tauri. Yeah. They, Not a bad showing. Yeah, the um, again the they're surprising this season. Gasly was having a really good race, but did, do, I, if, do I remember rightly, he had to make a late pit stop because his his tyres were gone. I don't know if it was late or it was too sort of in quite quick succession, um, midway through yeah, the race. Maybe I, I want to say he changed. Uh, he started on the hards. And then changed to the mediums, and they didn't work, and he had to go back onto the hards earlier than was expected. Possibly, but there was definitely some kind of these tires aren't working. Let's get them off quick. Issue. Mm. I think a lot of, a lot of teams ended up using the mediums as, as the sort of this is the compulsory pit stop. Yeah, but everybody's sort of saying, you know, how well Gasly did, and how was he fighting? You know, Danny Kvyat finished one place ahead of him. Yeah. Very so. sort of quietly just went about it as well, Kvyat. I don't remember yeah. seeing him particularly, but there he is in the points. Yeah, didn't do didn't anything. Torpedo himself. Yeah, didn't do didn't do anything Kvyaty. You know, I mean, at least they found they found out what the problem was with uh, with last week, and it was an overheating wheel rim, which yeah, it melted itself. Yeah, which is a little bit concerning. Yeah. A wheel rim. So was that like a stuck bearing or something? Or? I imagine so. It can't just be the rim. The rim Some, just something get hot chafing by somewhere, yeah. Or, I don't know, um, really bad heat transfer from the brakes. That might be one for uh, yeah. Matt Steele to answer if he's if he's listening. Uh, might switch over to the Discord chat see if he responds. Is he on? Is he on there tonight? No, uh, I don't it, know. No, he's not. Oh well. Okay. We'll Question we'll for a later point. Yes. Um, but. Yeah, the um, the car looks good. The drivers aren't looking as fearful for their lives as you as you've come to get used to. That's because there's no one to replace them. That's the thing. I think they've got at least one free year. Mm. Although we did see uh, Helmut Marco on the phone, didn't we? Yeah, on his Nokia phone. <laughs> oh, on the Nokia. Good lord. Good grief. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Marco on an Occhio, wearing his mask underneath his nose. Mm-hmm. You want to go tell him he's doing it wrong? Might just point it out to him. <laughs> and then run away very quickly. <laughs> from At his bad side. He will probably have been happy this week, though, because uh, Yuki Sonoda with a, a race win in the uh, the F2, so that will have, have pleased him. Yeah, Yeah. so when are they going to put Sonoda in the... Uh, Year in... after next, I think, would be earliest for him. So next year, because it's going to be too early and then destroy his career. 
No, but sounds, he's, that sounds like a Red Bull move. He's not technically he he's Red Bull Junior program, but his backing is all Honda. So they've got right. to keep Honda happy. Uh, so if Honda if Honda say no, then there's a chance that they might not screw him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we can but dream. I did see Helmut Marco on the grid um, talking very animatedly to uh, to Franz Tost, <laughs> and I made a joke about he's probably telling him who's going to be driving for him next next week, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> yeah, no danger with that at the moment, is there? You know, the, the the drivers are kind of in the positions you'd expect them to be. But I mean, a good show from Alpha Tari. I thought it was a, you know, they don't get much of a mention on this podcast for being a, a sort of decent midfield team. But they had a decent midfield showing uh, a difficult race where you know management was difficult. They managed to keep the pace up. Yeah, I'm I'm have... the race was difficult. <laughs> I think it might have been. I think he's alluding to it being a little bit tricky. I'm not entirely sure what you caught out of that. I mean, we've not we've not talked talked about him being a decent midfield team since Science was driving for him in the uh, well. He just got on with it, and somehow he was sixth phase. Uh, yeah, I think the last time that uh, they were really sort of contender contenders would have been the Verstappen and uh, Carlos era, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when they finally managed to stop and fight, fighting and arguing with each other mid-race. Mm. Right, next. Ferrari. Oh, good. How binary do you want? Yikes. Yikes. In, in, the, in the words of salt and pepper, Spinderella cut it up one time. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, Vettel, his turn one spin, it was totally by himself, wasn't it? He had a yeah. wobble, and then he spun. I thought maybe somebody had tagged him, and I thought, well, let's not be too too harsh. You know, somebody probably tagged him into turn one or something. Nope, he just went all he went around all by himself. Nobody anywhere near him. And then um, he had that radio message, didn't he, for Ferrari, which, okay, he was down that far because of his spin, but he made his way back through quite well before his first stop. And then he had to say something. He said something. What was it like? You know, you've messed up. Uh, yeah, it was like I said. I didn't we'll, want to be in this position, and you've put me in this. We position. spoke about this this morning. Yeah. yeah, you know, you've messed up. Do you know what? I think we need Dan back, and I think we need to do Sad Seb. Sad <laughs> <laughs> if we can find it, if we can find enough radio, I'm going to try and convince Dan to record a Sad Seb. If we haven't got yeah. enough yet, I reckon give it a race or two. And there'll be a, a uh, solid amount. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do we what do we think then? What's like what's going on? Like I'm, I'm still of the opinion that Vettel can turn this around, but just not at Ferrari. Um, well, he's he's checked out for this season. Totally. Yeah, I think so. Um, I've got a theory passed on to me by a listener, which I can't stop going over because. It makes sense. Either, either the Ferrari is, if the Ferrari is terrible, then Charles Leclerc is pretty good. Yeah. Charles, I mean, or, Charles Leclerc was so excited to be fourth, wasn't he? I, mean, I know. Fourth. Yes, yeah. Yeah, totally. And if, but if the Ferrari is actually okay, what the fuck has happened to Sebastian Vettel? <laughs> Don't know. The, uh, See, I, there's a little bit of me thinks like maybe maybe it's not safe, savable. Maybe he, he can't fix his career, and maybe the issues that we've seen Vettel having are just the continued issues he's had since the hybrid eras come in. And it's we've seen it in the past. We've seen it where some drivers, Formula One, comes to them. 
I think you could argue right now Formula One has come to Lewis Hamilton more than it ever has done. Um, but we always think of, say, Jensen Button as being like his his qualifying wasn't his strong suit towards the like the end and and even his the championship his championship year and just after it. Um, so you tend to think of him as having iffy qualifying sessions. But it, if you take a time machine back to the groove tires where it was all about keeping the tires cool on the outlap so they still had grip for the for hot lap, like he was sticking that BAR up into like second, you know, it's and splitting the Ferraris and qualifying. Yeah, way, way back in one shot qualifying. Yeah, yeah. It, it really came to him with those groove tires, like qualifying really came to him and racing did because because he he was able to manage them better than the people that are around him. I think I think this is something people forget sometimes about Formula One is it's sometimes it's not necessarily just about talent. It's about whose driving style said rules like adapt to better. I think that's what's going to be interesting uh, when we get the big rule changes is to see who it is that that moves towards. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the, at the moment, uh, that all looks and sounds like um, he wants to be somewhere else completely. I, th- I think he might walk before the end of the year. That will put Ferrari in a really interesting position because their official reserve driver is Antonio Giovinazzi. Hulk yeah. will be wearing red. Uh, yeah, but then... <laughs> is Hulk you know... just the fill-in driver for everyone now? Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget, um, Schumacher, Schumacher broke his leg. And Luca Bedeau was the reserve driver, so they got Mika Salo in. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll look how well uh, Luca Bedoa did when. When did Ferrari need? When Massa got injured. When Massa got injured. Yeah, that's right. When Massa got injured, and then Luca Bedoa raced at Valencia and was the worst. <laughs> just, just the worst. Just the worst. That's fine. Well, yeah. we, well, Ferrari, Ferrari said, and I think this is com- complete spin after the race, but um, they gave him uh, those two races as a reward for his loyalty for being the reserve driver for the last 10 years and not getting in the car. But that's not the point of your reserve driver. Your reserve driver should be the person who races when one of your actual drivers can't, not just someone who happens to be at the factory. And then they saw an Italian do something shit hot in a really shitty car. um, There's one. Yeah, Fisichella was barely over the line and the ink was wet on the Ferrari contract. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, um... Yeah, it's it, for me. I think you, you'd probably be looking at. I don't know if Giovinazzi would move up to Ferrari. I don't know if they'd ask Kimi to just step up just till the end of the season and put Kubica in the other Alfa Romeo. That's, I, I, I that's just, I, I think, I think now that Hulk's proved himself that he can, he can still race and he can get to grips with this year's car. The I, you know, I think he would be the best move for him. I think um, Kimmy could easily Kim, Kimmy could easily turn around and say no. He's you know uh, apparently he's not under contract with Ferrari at all. I don't well, no, think he's not. Hulk, I don't Hulk think wasn't Hulk under contract get... with Racing Point, was he? He wasn't under no. contract with anyone. I don't think Hulk will get called up because I've got a theory about Hulk that I'll speak about later. Not for Ferrari. Get your tinfoil out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's about all. That was a nightmare. Leclerc, fourth. 
Um, yeah, good tire management stuff though. Yeah, fantastic tire management. One, one the, stop. Those last was it thirty-seven laps. Yeah, we were all waiting for him to make the second stop, and it just never came, and the pace didn't drop off. I think he did kind of drop back a little bit towards the end, didn't he? But it was after the Mercedes had made their second stops, and I think it was kind of obvious at that point he wasn't catching. So it's a case of well, you might as well just. Make sure you get there. Yeah, he was he, he was sort of hanging hanging on. Well, he wasn't hanging on to fifth. He was comfortably in fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't going to catch Hulk ahead of him, and Stroll wasn't going to catch him. No, I don't think Stroll. Uh, sorry, sorry, Stroll, was that, um, sorry, Albon. Albon wasn't going to catch him. No, but I don't think at that point, I I don't think Hulk was ahead of him. No, I don't think he was. I think he was behind anyway. But uh, Hulk was in fifth, wasn't he? And the yeah. was, oh, was it? Was oh yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry, it was fifth. Hulk in yeah. fifth, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But was, yeah, he, yeah. he um, wasn't going to catch anyone, and he wasn't going to be caught. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't fight Hamilton when Hamilton was coming through on those fresh tires. Um, you know, he he knew that he was literally a damage limitation. He wasn't he wasn't trying to get that car onto the podium. He was just trying to get it over the line in the highest possible position he could, which just happened to be fourth. So if the Ferrari is is as bad as we think it might be to make a, a four time world champion look really ordinary, then Charles Leclerc must be fucking brilliant. I think I think what we've seen with Leclerc in the last few years is that he does adapt to a new car very well. Mm. In F2, he was instantly the championship front runner, even though he'd just come up from GP3, as it would have been then. And I think he said when he was in Sauber in his rookie year, I think it took him about two, three races, and he was like, actually, no, this is a different car. I need to adjust my driving style. I think that is one of his his selling points, is that he can quite quickly realise what he needs to do to drive a car. Yeah, I, think, when he was... I think this was his most impressive race. Good lord. Yeah, I think so. A compliment. Yeah, because I, well, I can't, I, I can't take the other ones, because now it turns out that he was in a car which was completely illegal uh, last <laughs> Fair year. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's the, I, I think you've got, to, you've got to take that into consideration. But yeah, I, th- I think this was Charles Leclerc's best race. I don't, know, I don't know how illegal the car was in um, in Bahrain last year. Um, well, broke though, it didn't it? Was, <laughs> it, it, uh, it broke, but it yeah. was really, really fast, it, and that seems to be Ferrari's problem now. Well, now it now it doesn't. Well, it doesn't break itself, and it's not really, really fast. Yeah, so I I, I, th- I think they were. They, they, I, not only were they running that that like that car like that last year, we don't even know how long they were running it like that for. No. No, no. That's why, that's why I think the FIA had to just be like, look, just, just don't do it again, and we'll, we won't punish you. Just, just shut up and get on with it, and just be yeah. slow for a year. And then Ferrari said, you're not allowed to tell anyone why you're punishing us. Mm. <laughs> I still think that's one of the shadiest Ferrariest moves they've ever pulled off. Totally, totally. I think, I think, I think one of the shadiest Ferrari beneficial. moves they pulled off was when they protested the racing point thing as well, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one that's one to cover after the race. It is racing point now. Ooh. Right now, Hulkenberg apparently had a bad vibration towards the end of the race. He was picking up bad vibrations. Soft. Do we believe it? No, I don't. No, no. Do we think the family no. stroll have a thing in that car that can cause a bad bad vibration in case stand-in boy looks like he's about to beat the team principal Old or child. team owner's son? Yeah, it. 
It may. Well, I don't think it was just that, right? Because uh, oddly enough, I, I just when I was uh, swooping through Twitter before, I just saw uh, Perez has said he's ninety nine percent sure he'll be back for the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, the uh, the it, it it was the right thing to do for Racing Point because if Hulkenberg had come out come in out qualified and out raced their race driver it makes Lance look stupid and on the other side of it they give away points to a driver that's probably not going to drive again this year and if it they was... are about to replace Perez that doesn't look good for them that they're replacing the better no. driver but it it just i just think for the championship like like table it made more sense to maximize Stroll's points than it did for them to maximise Hulkenberg. Yeah, I mean when 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 you look at it that way, it got it got Stroll an extra place. Yeah, and yeah, all right. The, um, they lost out on constructors' points, but they'd already lost constructors' points this weekend before the race started. Anyway, did yeah? I mean, did did. Did they? Where where was Hulkenberg going to land? Was he going to land fifth? He'd have been he? fifth. It was going to be fifth. It was going. Ah, it was going to be fifth and seventh, and it turned out to be sixth and seventh. Yeah, yeah. So they just they they lost they lost a couple of points, but they kept their driver a bit further up in the standings. You know, I that's what I think it was for. But shenanigans aside, Hulkenberg, um, that that was the best advert for uh, for him that he's he's done. I think he's going to replace Albon next year. <coughs> I think he's going to have a seat alongside Sergio Perez next year at Haas. This is my thought also. I think so too. I, I think they will ditch Albon and put a, um, a more experienced driver in the car that might have a bit more pace. Because um, I don't think... Max Verstappen, even if you just look at him as de facto number one driver, I don't think Max Verstappen can win a world championship with Albon as a teammate. I think they need another driver to split the Mercedes, and Albon doesn't seem to be capable of mixing with the Mercedes. I think the the problem the problem is with Red Bull. What what they actually want is Max Verstappen and another slightly more subservient Max Verstappen. They well, need they a boss ass. They want someone that can stay within 30 seconds of their number one driver. That's no, not no, no, they want somebody with exactly the same driving style as Max who can drive a car that's been built for Max. Like Max, I, I, but not quite I, as fast. They've, they've never needed it before. They've never needed somebody to be like the twin of their number one driver. I, th- I think they can work at work another driver in. And don't get me wrong, Albon had a cracking race to come back to where he did. But the problem was, it was another album comeback race, and he he shouldn't he shouldn't be in that position when you've got a driver there that's uh, when you've got a guy that's just chasing the Mercedes down and putting them out of position. You know, it's he doesn't need to be like pushing Max Verstappen. He just needs to be behind him. Yeah, um, there's a lot of people. A lot of people saying I'm talking actual. This isn't just sort of twi- Twitter gossip. This is uh, or 
people on Twitter complaining. You know, um, there's a fair few actually respected proper F1 journalists saying it does look like the uh, the problem that Albon's having is he can't get his head round the way that the car works with his driving style because it has been designed um, to react to what Max does and how he works yeah, that, things. But you're going to have that, though. Yeah, did, and don't forget, it didn't happen last year. Do you know what I mean? Was last year's car so specifically designed for Max? Um, I, don't, I don't know. And I, I don't forget. I mean, Ga- cars... Gasly, Gasly couldn't deal with last year's car or the pressure. No, but that's why I think I, I, I don't necessarily think it's so much the car. I think it's the pressure that Albon's cracking under. I think last year's car as well would have had a little bit of Ricardo data within Maybe, it from yeah. the year before. And I think Albon does seem to be someone who will go for an overtake and likes to push, which is probably more Ricardo-esque than, say, a Gasly. Is this Albon's second year in Formula One? Yes. yes. Right. So I just don't think he's got the experience to be where he is. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he was in that car after, what, seven races? Yeah, yeah, you know, because uh, don't forget, it's, I don't necessarily think it's the fact that Red Bull have just gone out and out to build a car for Max Verstappen. But when you've got a guy which is completely green into Formula One, how do you get data off them to help build a, build the car? You go with the with the experienced guy. I don't necessarily think it's that it's it's Red Bull treating this car for for King Max at all. But like I said, I don't I, that race. If you'd have stuck. Uh, the problems Mercedes had, but if you'd have had back when you had a Ricardo in the second car, or if you had a Mark Webber in the car, that would have been a Red Bull one-two. Are we doing Red Bull now? Well, they're not our <laughs> final team to talk about, but but well, we were talking we about. We were racing still on racing yeah. point because we hadn't uh, <laughs> we, we hadn't we hadn't talked about Stroll. Mm-hmm. Um, in fairness, I can't remember Stroll massively. He he drove the car around. He, he was there. He drove the car around slightly slower than it can probably go. Uh, Q Q three again. Uh, finished sixth. Should have been seventh. Yeah. Should have been seventh. I th- I for me, Silverstone has pointed out that Stroll is no better than he was before. He's just got a better car. I'm f- I'm beginning beginning to think like that, but let's see let's see what happens in Belgium. We seem to change our opinion on Stroll a lot. He's a difficult person to sort of pinpoint exactly what's going on with him, really, isn't he? It's a, it's only because we're into the like the drivers circuits for me. You know, it's it, we've seen this time and time again now with Stroll. Is that the more technical the track, with the more difficult the corners, is the slower the Stroll. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you know early season, given given him a good car, seemed to you know make him an okay driver. He's and probably an average driver in a really good car. Mm. Proven by the fact that Nico Hulkenberg, in let's be honest, six sessions actually on the track, um, was able to out qualify him, and also you know he, he put himself third. Nico Hulkenberg on the grid. That's why that car should probably have qualified. And then in the race, let's be honest, Hulkenberg outraced Stroll, vibration or no vibration. You know, there was there was nothing to be done there. Hulkenberg was out and ahead of Stroll for a majority of that race. So Hulkenberg's a better driver, and Racing Point shouldn't be getting rid of Perez if they're signing Vettel. Well, 
<clears throat> I'd just like to point out, and I think I pointed that out on the Discord when we were uh, watching the race yesterday. Look at Renault, and we said that Ocon did well to finish eighth. He replaced Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg, even with his pit stop, finished seventh. Mm. Oops, I think Renault might have fucked up a little bit. <laughs> I, th- I think Renault fucked up a bit. Um, I think Renault had very little, uh, very little choice because I think they were getting pressure from the French government, who partly owned them, to get a French driver in. Yeah, they could have been that as well. Maybe. Either way, all they did was prove me right again. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the case that Ocon shouldn't be in F1. I think, yeah, okay, he's a, he's a decent, he's a decent uh, mid-pack driver. Um, again, he's miles away from his teammate. Yeah, you know, when you actually look in raw pace. Well, when everything's equal, he's miles away. Yeah, but Ricardo is kind of on a different different level to a lot of the drivers that he's going to be fight, going to be fighting with in that Renault because Renault, Renault it's a fucking works team. Renault, they should, yeah. they should be both though that caliber of driver. Renault sold Ricardo a dud. You know they yeah. they they you know he wouldn't have signed for him if they hadn't said how great it was going to be. Last season, wasn't it this year they were meant to be challenging for title? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. But, you know that was that was that was all part of the plan, and you know, good plan. Built a lemon. A good plan. Yeah, good plan. There, there is. I think they're essentially back now to where they were when um, Hulkenberg was in the car, aren't they? When they had Hulk and signs. Yeah, and and like and that's what the reason why Ricardo went there in the first place is because he he saw what was going on. So it's all right. We'll have to see whose whose luck is worse next year, whether it's Ricardo's or Alonso's. They're they're trying to outlook each other. No, I think it's they signs are. going to Ferrari. Oh yeah, signs is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no there's no coming back from that one. The, uh, yeah, signs is fucked. Signs is going to go into Ferrari, which is massively in love with a driver that might not be quite as good as him and uh, he's going to get given a shit car to boot so <laughs> Car- Carlos Sainz never going to be a world champion lock in just just think he escaped the uh, the Red Bull meat grinder for this I know, yeah. I know he is like yeah. the yeah. only one pretty well much done, isn't Carlos. he <laughs> to go to the home of rest for old Formula 1 drivers for <laughs> Mercedes then um, tire shreddingly amazing, <laughs> or oh, the amazing tire shredding. Well, to be fair, they kept their they kept a, a pretty good race pace. Uh, the strategy was was okay. It's just that one particular driver had a better strategy and managed the tires a lot better than they did. Didn't happen to be in a Mercedes. Uh, they were outfoxed by by Max Verstappen in that Red Bull. Um, Isn't it terrifying though that Mercedes can have a race where they are literally destroying their tires, shredding their tires to pieces after less than ten laps, and there's still only one driver that can beat them? Yeah, they're still still finishing (laughs) second and third. Yeah, Um, I got a message today from a friend of mine who I've recently found out is a is a Formula One fan. He didn't know I was. I didn't know he was, and he was saying, "Look, do do you think Bottas?" And this is a phrase he used. Do you think Bottas had his pants pulled down by Mercedes? given that they it looked like they were going to hang Hamilton out until the end of the race, and then they pitted him, was it 10 laps before the end, nine laps before the end, something like that, to give him a, to give him a run. 
and he just yeah. flew past Bottas. Like they they was... chose to fuck Bottas. They chose to do it. They yeah, used... the strategy that Hamilton's side of the garage chose, um, and the, obviously the team is still part of the same team, totally destroyed Bottas. Don't forget, Bottas was the pole man on Saturday. He put in a hell of a lap. If um, that was the and... same way, if that was the other way round, they'd have pitted both drivers. Yeah, I don't believe that... Um... Yeah, I, I also think something that the, the Mercedes got wrong with Bottas was, you know, when he followed Verstappen into the pits, I think it should have been do the opposite to Max. You know, if Max comes in, stay out. Mm-hmm. If 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 you if you know if he stays out, you come in. Yeah, because at um, that point they're but, basically putting him on the same strategy as Verstappen, knowing exactly, that it doesn't work. Ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no way Bottas was going to catch Max on, on on that strategy. They had to try. They had to try something different. I said on last week's podcast, I expected Red Bull to try something different and that Verstappen would get maybe in between the Mercedes. What I totally didn't expect was Verstappen to try something different and beat both of the Mercedes. Yeah, um, by not driving like a granny. Yeah, which it's important. Was, you know, yeah, and making sure his team were hydrated. And, san- <laughs> and sanitised. And sanitised. Do you think that uh, Mercedes... We're doing, we're, doing the top two, we're doing the top two teams all in one, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercedes were doing their very best to win Hamilton that race. That's why they left him out for so long. They they were desperate to try and help Hamilton win that race. Yeah, I'm uh, going to uh, throw in a stat from uh, last year's podcasts here. Um, despite the fact the race didn't go his way, Lewis Hamilton extends his championship lead yet again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's I was thinking that yesterday. The but he's if they'd have if they'd have brought Lewis in what three laps earlier, I think he'd have had a chance to win that race. Maybe. I think he was far too cautious going past Charles Leclerc given how much pace he actually had. I don't think mm. he needed to wait that two-thirds, three-quarters of a lap because by the time he got past Leclerc, the gap that was 10 seconds before he got past Leclerc was yeah. still 10 seconds. Yeah, um, yeah. So if but he, he was I, only yeah. like four behind Verstappen, wasn't he? And like he was, he was lapping Verstappen at like two seconds a lap. Not quite that much of a thing, like 1.6 or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was fast enough that he could have caught him until he got up behind Leclerc. I don't know why he decided. Maybe maybe this is the, you know, uh, the Alain Prost style Lewis Hamilton. Claims to not be a fan of Alain Prost, but drives an awful lot like him at times. Mm-hmm. Where, you Absolutely. know, he won't, he won't do the risky thing because he knows there's points up for grabs and his teammates behind him anyway. So what does it matter? I, I The other thing is as well, he might have been thinking that... Um... You know, it's if you've got Leclerc up in that position and he's got the chance to do to do better, you know, it's he you had a slightly more desperate Leclerc, you know, and when people are a bit more desperate, they're a bit more reckless. So Yeah. He, he probably had that in his head. Leclerc on well worn tires as well, which even if Leclerc's mm. being careful, something can go wrong. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean is it, know, is it yeah, he's in a twenty twenty Ferrari. There is a high chance yeah. well, of something yes, going wrong. Yes, there is that. Well, I wonder how much of it is is Lewis Hamilton thinking, I know we're only in round five and we're looking at, at the moment, a 16-race calendar. Um, but um, I wonder if in round five he's like, I've got a 40-point lead here. Uh, I'm, I'd be all right if I just if we just don't. Was it 40 or 30-point lead? Anyway, I, I, I could do what... 37 what, jumps in my head from somewhere. So, yeah, I think um, it's nearly 40. Many. So, yeah, he's just like, I don't, you know, you know what? Like, so long as I'm ahead of Valtteri, I'm okay going to the next race. Maybe he's already thinking about that. Yeah, I, oh, it definitely is. He'll I mean, never admit it. But if maybe you, he is. 
as long as he doesn't have like an off or uh, like his engine blows up or some, something like that, he won the championship last weekend. Well, we'll see what happens, and obviously in the rest of the season, you know, there, there could still be many turning points. Um, they have Max- to get on problem on top of this overheating problem because we're going to the hot countries now, and we're, we're going to the hot countries when we're not even used to going to the hot countries. Yeah, so Spain is probably going to be the similar issue um, this coming week. Spain will yeah. be ridiculous, I imagine, this week. No, oh, I mean they're expecting uh, they're expecting air temps around about 30, 35 degrees. Yeah, and three three races in Italy is there this year? Yeah, yeah. One yeah, of them's quite the late. The last races are starting to cool down. In so you've got you've, you've got um, Monza at its traditional beginning of September date, which so which can which can either be race. Monza can either be roasting or soaking. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Magello, I think, the week after that. And then, but then Imola is not until the first of November, so it should be a lot cooler. That'll be mm-hmm. a bit more autumnal, I imagine. Yes. Don't know what the Italian is for autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Probably much no, more although, interesting you know than autumnal. Il autumni. <laughs> you, you uh, will, uh, you guys will appreciate this. I was. Uh, we're going to just go on, uh, go on a, a bit of a tangent here. What a surprise! We never do that. <laughs> I know, yeah. I tied an onion to was, my belt as that was the style at the time. I was. Uh, I was at work the other day, and we unpacked an, uh, an awning that was built in Italy, and uh, we didn't know which side the arms were on, apart from the fact that it was written in Italian. And do you know how I knew which was left and which was right? From Pirelli's. The way that for, for the way that Ferrari have their tire covers yes. on. Yes. <laughs> Sinistro, sinistro anti, anti um, yeah, anteriori uh, destro and anteriori sinistro. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, hang on, I'm pretty sure sinistro is left and destro is right. <laughs> so I had to Google it, and I was correct. I was like, Ferrari taught me something. <laughs> there are hundreds of ex-Ferrari drivers that all say the same thing, just in a slightly different tone. <laughs> Ferrari taught me something. That's what most of them are like. Um, but Verstappen's win in the end um, played the strategy perfectly. Oh, he was fantastic. It was uh, it was almost too easy for him because Mercedes, as we said, were shredding their tyres. He knew he was going to be leading that race uh, as soon as uh, Mercedes had to pit. All he had to do was make sure he didn't destroy his hard tyres early on, and he didn't. He looked after them. He had good pace on those tyres. And when he came in to stop for his, uh, was it mediums he ran on the last stint, I think? No, he sandwiched it. He did a, a little medium stint. That's right, stint. he did a little, little stint, didn't he, on mediums in the middle before going straight back onto the hards again. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he just went out, must have shredded the mediums just for a bit of pace, and then and then again got those hard tyres well, back. Yeah, because he, got, he, got the, he got the radio call saying... Yeah, we um, don't need to save them. Yeah, I don't need to save them. Um, what was it? Drive as fast as you can within the limits within of the, the tyres. <laughs> yeah. So don't save them, but save them while going quickly. Yeah. And Do go what quickly. You can, then we'll pick you in a bit. And then as soon as they made that second pit stop, as I said, because Bottas was behind Max going into the pits, like that kind of nullified the race then because you thought, well, the only option Mercedes had to win now is if they leave Hamilton out and Hamilton's got pace, but Hamilton did not have pace and was definitely going to get caught by Max um, before the end of the race. So pitting Hamilton with, I think, as I said before, 10 laps to go turned out to be the right decision, but only for Lewis Hamilton, not really for 
for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Cost mentioning Alban Smith saying it's a saying it's an Alban comeback. Um, what happened? Like well, he had, a, he had a not as good qualifying as his teammate. I think he had tyre problems and did a couple of early pit stops. So I just, I just saw him making up places, but... He seemed to be overtaking Kimi Raikkonen a lot. He seemed to get seemed <laughs> it, to get stuck behind the Alphas quite a bit. Brave overtake. I'd probably say overtake of the day from Albon around the outside of Cops. He liked that one, didn't he? That seemed yeah. to be his line. Yeah. It was good. It was very good. And, and, and props to Raikkonen as well, just leaving him enough room to make mm-hmm. sure he wasn't breaking the track limit rules you know so he was off the circuit but he was you know able to hold the line and and, and you know use his pace to get past Kimmy. i still i still i still do rate alban as a driver and i think um i think we will see i think if red bull are patient which is not generally their strong suit i think they will be rewarded because i think he he is still a bit too fresh at the moment he needs mm-hmm. a full season in the red bull to be able to then drive the Red Bull next year, whether or not they are prepared to do that is another thing. I mean, I can't. I, I know Red Bull go through a lot of drivers, but I can't think of an example of Red Bull putting somebody in the big boy car while there's been Toro Rosso straight away in the first season. No, because no. even Max uh, was Max was in his second season when they moved him up. It, it was yeah, a move was. of desperation. It was a move of desperation because Gasly really, really wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially given um, Albon nothing to lose because the guy he'd replaced had done quite badly. You know, it's he'd he you know, he was essentially he was racing him in an inferior car. You know, because we we saw them both on track together quite a lot, considering one was in a Toro Rosso and one was in a Red Bull. But I just don't I don't see it. I don't see how they're going to keep going with Albon and they're already given the words like the as soon as Red Bull come out and say no we are 100% behind a driver it's game over still never going to see Kvyat back in the big boy team I, 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 th- I think you'll go back to Toro Rosso I think you'll go back to Toro Rosso but I, I, right, Red Bull needs something they need two drivers um, because that's what at the minute if they're if they're fighting a team which is just <coughs> generally better than them they need to do it on strategy which is something red bull have already always been good at and how many times have we seen them use two cars strategically you know it's by putting them on two different strategies or something like that um to try and shake mercedes into doing something they don't want to do with one of their cars oh, yeah, I mean, and at least splitting them yeah. and they can't do that at the moment yeah, I mean, yeah, well, they told Albon, didn't they, that they needed him to be within. Uh, if you remember when he joined the team last year, stay within a pit stop of Hamilton, um, and he, he managed it for his first few races. Um, Hamilton would pit, and Albon would be ahead of him. Okay, it wasn't that easy for Albon on shredded tires in a new car to defend from Lewis Hamilton, but he was he was in the right place. He did what the team asked him to do to start with. Just this season, I just think he's. Um, I, I don't know if he's if he's maybe done like remember Ricardo last year had pro- problems adapting to the Renault. Okay, it was a brand new team for him, but I wonder if Albon's not adapting to this new car expected it to be a bit of an evolution, whereas actually it's a totally new thing altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's just we, we, I, we might not see the best of him this year, but 
2021, if we get that full calendar back for next year, could be a really decent year for Red Bull and for Albon. Which, which according it. to Chase Carey, the next uh, 2021 calendar is all more or less set and apparently will look like this year's was going to. Mm. But, but do they risk it? Do they risk uh, Albon not doing it? Um, I think I think we'll start the season with him. Whether they end the season or not with him, well, that'd be, that'd be the most Red Bull of Red Bull moves. Yeah, but who are they going to get? This is this is what I mean. Right now, there are drivers moving around. If it like if they don't if they've got no one to plug into the seat this year, then I don't I don't see how, who they're going to get next year. Yeah, if they at, just... at the at the minute you have two proven like mid grid. Like what you would think of, I know, I know Hulkenberg hasn't found his way onto the podium yet, but what you would consider as people that are capable of getting a car up onto the podium and like being in that, if you, if you've got a team, if you've got a team like Red Bull, which especially with the, with the falling of Ferrari are their sights as being at least second best team next year. You know, it's especially if, um, the racing points got to wheel back some of its, uh, it's Mercedes bits, then you need another driver that's going to be capable of charging towards the Mercedes. And you've got two guys, which I think are are capable of doing it in Perez and Hulkenberg. And you can essentially take your pick of them. So if you don't do it this year, you're not going to have the opportunity to do it next year. And next year, they're going to be stuck going into 2021 with, uh, with Albon still in the car, because they don't have anyone to replace him with, and if he's still thirty seconds behind uh, behind uh, Max Verstappen, and they go into twenty twenty one where it's a complete rule shake up again. No, twenty 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 two. Sorry, twenty twenty. Sorry, I mean twenty twenty two. You know, it's like if uh, next year at the end of the, at the end of the year, you're going into a complete rule shake up where if you're Red Bull, you want to be coming into that as a title contender. I know they it's it's not up to them. It depends just where they land. Uh, you need two drivers that are going to be able to help you win the, those championships. Oh, Alonso will probably be available at the end of next season after he rage quits Renault again. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't rule it out. <laughs> but, um, He's got previous. The I just don't think. Um, I don't think you can risk it unless, unless I, I think Albon can keep his seat, but he really, really needs to sort this out. And I, I don't see how you can go from being. Like the, how far he is behind uh, Max Verstappen, I I don't see how you half that gap in the time he's got. I mean, we're on the, time we're, will tell. You know, we're five five races into um, five races into a we think sixteen race season, so we're only th- you know we're only a third of the way through. Think things may change. I know we're not getting a we're not getting a summer break this year. With I think the issue you've got as well is is the fact that with the with the fact that the races are coming at us thick and fast. Albon's not getting chance to regroup. Yeah, I suppose they're not going to be doing a lot of simulator stuff as well. If he's well, if he's got a problem, is, yeah, even, even shaking the disappointment off. Mm. You know, it's, you're you're going into the next race with fresh wounds from what happened to you the week before. Yeah, yeah, nobody's really shaking, shaking off the you know, or getting a chance to regroup. 
Uh, the only time you get a chance to regroup is when you have the, the, the one week off in between the triple headers. So you've got Spain next week, and then you've got a week off to sort of just, you know, sort of shake it off and sort of get back into some kind of, you know, remember you're a human and not just a racing machine, and then straight back into another another three three races again after that. Yeah, the problem, yeah. problem is that if you've got a contract with Red Bull, you're not allowed to be a human. You have to be a racing machine, otherwise you get fired. Well, you just got to do your job, really, haven't you? You know, that's uh, we can say, we can criticise it, and I think it does deserve being. It does deserve criticize, it Crit- does criticism. Being, no, I was going to say it does deserve being criticised, but at the top and bottom of it is they are. We moan when teams don't give young drivers the chance. You know, we we were all upset about. Um, Bottas being kept on and George not being given the seat for next year. If the other side of the coin is, is Red Bull do give the drivers the opportunities and it, it's up to them what they do with it. And, you know, if to, <laughs> to, to go back to a wrestling adage, if they don't get themselves over, they don't get themselves over. Yeah. The thing is though, it, it takes more than the six months that Red Bull have got a tendency to give younger drivers. To do it, didn't didn't for Sebastian Vettel, didn't for Max Verstappen. You know, it's this is the thing they give it. They they're not looking for. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, isn't it? They're the outliers. That's why we say it's the meat grinder. Ricardo as well was pretty yeah. much on the ball as soon as yeah, he was yeah. in the car. So they they're not looking for Sergio Perez's, for instance. You know, it's I I do still think he would be a decent shout for them in the interim, but. They're looking for world champions, and if you if you look at who's come through on young driver programs, yes, they've been through a lot of drivers. But when you think, like you just said, there you've got Ricardo, Science, uh, Sebastian Vettel, and um, Max Verstappen that they've brought through into Formula One. I uh, it's, name me another team for for every one of them. There's twenty Christian Cleans. Yeah, but what other team has brought like a one of the greatest drivers of his generation and for three other potential world champions through in such a short space of time? Yeah, I mean everyone, everyone from the Mercedes program who's got into F one, none of them have got into the team. I think yeah. probably only McLaren with Lewis Hamilton is probably the only other one I can think of where it's been someone who's been like bred through that team yeah and look at look at McLaren. mclaren's a perfect example for it apart from lewis hamilton what's their young driver program given us Lando? kevin magnuson, kevin magnuson <laughs> a short term of stoffel but for stoffel van dorn and gary paffett oh christ is he still on the young driver program he might be <laughs> they might have just forgotten they've got him but but I mean they they had did McLaren have Sam Bird for a short for a hot I minute? I know Mercedes so, had him yeah. in the end. Uh, but... Nick Nick DeVries as well. He was going to be yeah. like the next big thing, wasn't he? Alex, Alex Lynn was he connected to McLaren? At no, one he point? was uh, he was Williams. Hmm. Williams. But um, yeah, it's like that. That's that's the point where you've got to. There's definitely two sides to the Red Bull coin. Yeah, you know, and, and the, both of them deserve acknowledged. The, th- the thing, is, we- the thing is, though, no other team really took the young driver program seriously until they saw what Red Bull was doing. Nope. 
And I mean, the Red Bull Young Driver program was initially to um, to bring Americans into Formula One. It was it was it was set Scott up for Speed. Scott Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that was a pretty swift change of direction when they found out what he was really like. And realistically, I think there's only one driver where they've got it wrong. I think they got it wrong with Jeff. I think he was. I think he's good enough to still be in Formula One, John Eric Verne. I think they they let one they let one slip through the net uh, and there was nowhere else for him to go. Uh, even though I mean I was a bit, a bit of a fan of Aljuswari, I liked Aljuswari, but I don't I don't think he was the same caliber as like Jean Eric Verne. Whereas I think I think Verne was the same sort of caliber as Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, I think Aljuswari maybe could have caught on to like another midfield team, but yeah, I think Jeff was Jeff's issue height. Was that his main thing? He he was. He was in F1 at the time when cars were a little bit skinnier and yeah, he just couldn't I think height, keep weight. Height was his issue. Yeah, Sky, Sky keeps showing the, 20, I want to say 2018 Martin Brundle Monza grid walk and Jeb's towering over him. Mm. Yeah. He's a big I, lad. I, I, the other thing is, I don't think he was the easiest person to get on with either, was he? He can Inside be a bit fiery on the old radio, can't he? Yeah, and that that seems to go a long way with teams is to to be, like, personable with people. No, in Red Bull, though, you're just, you, you're just a number. Well, no, you, and, can, you I, can get I away. Problem is they, they, sorry, they had such a great team as well. You know, they had such a great team with with uh, Vessel and Weber. Mm. So, that you know, that was a problem for anyone trying to break through. Right now is the easiest time to get into Red Bull in the history of Formula One, you know, in the history of the team. Very, very near since then, you know, it's... They're, de- they're desperate for another John Eric Verne now. I mean, don't forget, officially, Sebastian Buemi is still the. Pretty uh, much any Formula E champion they've owned at some point, I think, except Nelson mm. Piquet. Ooh, a big flash of lightning has just happened outside. Yeah, because of course, I, Felix, Antonio Felix da Costa was one of those. He was me ground. Do you reckon Jarek Verne secretly kind of regrets not coming back to Formula One? Because Jay, if you remember when he was he was interviewed, he was he essentially said, didn't he? He was offered the Toro Rosso seat, and uh, he said he'd rather be competing in a cha- in a championship where he's winning races and winning championships. Yeah, that, he that, said that after he'd had a seat fitting. Yeah, which if if you have zero interest, you don't go that far with it, surely. Yeah. But the way the the way the the Red Bull has worked out, and the way that the caliber of driver that 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 is competing for the set for the second big big boy team car, gotta think that if Jean Eric Werner took that drive, he'd have probably ended up back in Red Bull. You know, he'd have probably ended up with his shot in the car. Yeah, yeah. they very well have done. Yeah, I mean, if it if it had stuck around, he could he could well have. What's happened to Alban happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think they'd have probably gone with him as well because he was older, had more experience, was up maybe faster. Possibly, it's yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, because he he would have got what was the Brendan Hartley seat, wouldn't he? Which I think yeah. is what Kvyat took for mm-hmm. last year. So yeah, he he when it was Kvyat or Alban to replace Gasly, he would have been in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, right, rock stars and wankers from this weekend. Um, Leclerc was a rock star. Verstappen, bit of an obvious Tire choice. Choice was but... a rock star. Um, 
going to throw Lewis Hamilton out as slight wanker just for casting aspersions on the um, Red Bull tyre pressures oh, yeah. when he couldn't They've catch him. They've got to be cheating. Oh, fuck off, Lewis. Yeah, that was a bit of a shitty one. Um, yeah. Also picking up the winner's trophy on the podium and walking off with it. <laughs> Did he? I missed that. I missed that bit. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton picked up the P1 trophy and walked off with it. <laughs> <laughs> thought it thought it was rightfully his. Yeah. Um Lawrence Stroll. Yeah, I'd go on Lawrence Stroll. Yeah. That that was a uh, wanker. It was uh it was an awkward <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen interviews like that before, but they've usually been on sort of sketchy quality VHS where um, the person doing the talking is chained to a radiator and holding up that day's newspaper to show they're still alive. That's not an interview. (laughs) (laughs) Videos videos like that. Mm. I mean, who, who thought that was a good idea? Lawrence Stroll thought it was a good idea. Does he have that many yes men around him that no one thought to like put their hand up and say, "Do you know what, Lawrence? This looks a bit shit." The thing is, he re- he released that he released the video statement, and then he did an interview with Sky, where he just repeated everything that he'd said in a face to face interview, <laughs> almost like word for word. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ. Yeah, there's a reason he doesn't do the interviews very often, I yeah, think. I don't speak publicly very often. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that, that kind of that kind of moves us on nicely to um the result of the Renault protest. Yes, they're sort of illegal, but they were legal at the time and then they stopped becoming illegal while they were in the post. Yeah, something like that. So last year, it was legal, essentially, to buy another team's design. So Racing Point's argument is that because they bought last year's brake design, it's legal. But the I think the FIA argument is because they've applied it this year when it's not legal, that it's illegal. So there's there's some kind of grey area argument going on. I think what Racing Point is saying is they took delivery, because it's the rear brake ducts it's moved on to yeah. now. The issue was about all four, but the, uh, the front brake ducts are uh, suitably different from It doesn't what matter what it's got. about, yeah. is it? It's more that it's about mm. something. So they took delivery of the rear brake ducts um, just before, and we're talking, I think it was only a couple of days, before they became a listed part. Mm-hmm. So they had them when they were legal, so they could make their own versions of them. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they become illegal and you've got to stop. It's yeah, tricky, the thing is, isn't they it? They knew they were becoming illegal, yeah. didn't they? they? They obtained them during a period of legality whilst they knew that it would become an illegal thing. Um, I think it would be interesting to know what's under the car as well, because the you know they can see the brake ducts. That's why they're part of the conversation. We can't see what's under the car. So if you were to break that car down, how many parts are similar to the Mercedes that couldn't be copied through photographs? Well, I mean, yeah, so, the, Toto, Toto said, um, I think it was Thursday. I think it was Thursday that 
yet another team has taken quite a large took quite a large number of 3D photos of the Mercedes last year. Yeah, also don't forget we had Scarbs on in March and he said he's seen underneath that racing point and it is remarkably different underneath the skin to last year's Mercedes. It's just well, I, it just I don't think like he's it... seen underneath it as he, he he just yep. meant the I th- I think he just meant what you could see from the outside. I don't so think the skin is very is very Mercedes, but everything underneath yeah. it is still yeah. racing I think, point. I think he means as well when it's like in the garage and it's got some wings off and stuff. I think yeah, he's, he's yeah. spotted more differences that our novice eye has not. Yeah, like the positioning of the uh, positioning of the master cylinders for the brakes, etc., and and you know, things like that. Oh yeah, no! Are you happy, be- happy about it though? All the best, like, Craig, you- if you're listening right now. By the way. Yeah, absolutely. But um, are you as happy about the race and point situation though? I don't think it matters. Like, if do, they were clever really enough not? to do it, then let them crack on. If is, they did it, it and it, it was legal, fine, let them crack on. If they yeah, did that, it after that, the... it needs sewn up though. It like the whole that that loophole needs sewn up. Or like we might as well go to the three car teams. Bring back, bring back customer cars. Remember back in the old days when there was, you know, when they had to be pre-qualifying. You mm. used to be able to buy a complete car from a team. Um, yep. I mean, in the seventies, half the grid were running marches. Yeah, didn't Hesketh buy a car? Hesketh was a march. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I see, see. It depends which way you go. I mean, if you're going to do that, fucking make it more spec than anything else, and let's get the get the cars close together. If we're going to have a pure constructors championship, then you need to have constructors building their own cars. You just have to do what I've said all along and let everybody see everybody else's blueprint. Yeah, 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 that would work too. I think at the end of the day, if there's a loophole, then Racing Point are well within their rights to go for it because that's what pretty much any car that's ever made progress towards the front of the grid has done to get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was, it was something that, something that Brundle said, at the, I think it was Brundle said at the weekend, uh, the whole point of Formula One is just to find the loopholes in the rules and exploit them. And that's, that's the main thing that teams exist for. Mm. I think mm-hmm. the, the fair thing, if the FIA has decided, oh, we don't really like this, is just say, all right, done for next year. I think if, if there has genuinely been some ambiguity in the rules, and I haven't read the rules because I can't be asked. Um, then I think you, you, it's probably wrong to run, punish Racing Point if they've it, they've had the FIA in to look at that car before the start of the season and had it signed off. So to yeah, punish but, them now is a bit shitty. Let's be honest; it's just it's not in the spirit of Formula One. We hear this quite a lot. As it's not in the spirit of the rules, and the because let's if you break it down, yeah, it's obviously it's great for Racing Point because they managed to find seconds for no from nowhere with like less effort than it would have been to find those seconds if they did it themselves. Um, what Mercedes get is a car that's slower than them and can mix it up with their rivals to make their job easier. And that to me is if you, if you're turning an, a rival team into a, like a, a, a wingman for you, I, I find that uncomfortable. I th- I, I'm kind of with you on the spirit of F1 thing, but it's not a new thing. But this is exactly what Haas did two years ago. It's just that their Ferrari parts aren't as good as they used to be, and their I, I effectiveness think, I think it's has dropped off. It's more extreme than the Ferrari parts, though. Isn't I think it, it works again, better. I don't think it's more. But this is why. For this, is, but the fact that Haas are where they are, 
is because they couldn't continue doing what they were doing with Ferrari because the rules start to sew those areas up. So if that's the case, you know, it's that that falls more at the door that this isn't right. I think Haas were using more parts, though, weren't they? There have been more parts that have been listed, and that's where the model yeah. hasn't worked so much for Haas, whereas Racing Point have gone for something that was up until, I think, like the middle of January this year, unlisted. Mm. Yeah. I mean, haven't the Who FIA did? already tightened up on listed parts for next year already? And this is something that usually happens round about the turn of the year. Yeah, usually usually what happens is someone finds a loophole, everyone whinges about it, and the FIA goes, oh, we'll just tighten it up for next year. Das being the obvious example yeah. from this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the FIA were quick to ban it for next year Yeah, when it came out. But, but you've got an issue next year, haven't you? Because the cars are remaining pretty similar. Yes, that I think is why everyone is protesting it so hard, because they want to make sure Racing Point have to do some work for next year. Mm. And of course, um, it's not taken away from the development tokens that they can use. No, but it's going to take manpower away in time. Mm-hmm. Which is going to cause some issues when it actually comes to developing... The 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you try, might, you, they, they might have to write off next year. You know, they might have to write off, and we 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 might see Racing Point at the back with Williams. This this protest, depending on how it plays out, could actually really affect what happens with Vettel, because if their car is essentially ruined and they're going to have this write off year, he's not going to go there next year. No, we've heard for the last two weeks, haven't we, that it's going to be announced this weekend, and it hasn't been announced. So some, obviously two weeks ago was Perez testing positive for COVID. You can't sack the man while he's ill. This weekend we hear, oh, it's going to be announced. And then all of a sudden Racing Point have lost this protest. And it's all gone quiet. Yeah. We could see Vettel in Albon's seat next year at this rate. Although he uh, he did fly home with um, Bob Fernley the other day. Oh, did he? After his petrol station trip with Otmar last week? Yeah. Funny yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. To the petrol station that's right next to the um, uh, travel lodge we stayed in when we went to the Mercedes launch. Oh, is that where it was? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, you've, cool. you've, you've thrown up outside that uh, that petrol station. I didn't throw up outside it. Oh, no, you made it back to the room on time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was back <laughs> up in the room. What <laughs> <laughs> um, he's flown back with Bob, flew back with Bob Fernley. Yeah, interesting. Who oh, is... it, might, it might it might have been Otmar actually. He flew yeah, with, well, he what flew is Bob with Fernley these them. days? Bob Fernley is running. He a... got fired from McLaren, didn't he? Got fired from McLaren after wet paint, no, no gearbox engineering program, isn't he? Sponsored by Rocket. Oh Christ! Yeah, um, yeah. Rocket launched their new open wheel sponsorship last week, which was um, Bob Fernley's new. Um, CNF Precision Engineering. That's the bunny. And basically, it looks like what this year's Williams was going to. A little more blocky and not not quite as aerodynamic. But um, yeah, Bob Fernley is uh, teaching students how to um, how to design and make racing cars with with all the backing from Rocket, whose energy drinks I've never seen on sale either. 
I didn't even know Rocket was an energy drink. I just knew they made phones. Oh, they dog. make all sorts. Oh, they've got a, they've got a brewery as well. Um, the they, lo- the, the, lo- hum- the Humphrey Bogart range of spirits, I believe they have the distribution rights to. Oh, yeah, that, that was a thing. And the logo for their beer, it looks remarkably similar to um, Pissvasser from Grand Theft Auto. Ah. <laughs> I, sp- I, I wonder, I, I bet there's, their, their phones are quite big in sort of developing countries and stuff like that because they're quite a low-budget maker aren't they yeah the um cheap phones with as many features crammed in as possible i think is yeah, uh, is, yeah. The best, is the best way to describe it yeah uh, they, well they, to be fair what they the way they're doing it is it's almost like a it's almost like a one plus thing so i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't mind betting rocket phones become a bigger player in the future the way because there's clearly money behind them you know what i mean it's it's not it's not a rich energy situation no because, it's the guy that runs patron who yeah has people are getting paid who is big <laughs> who is big mates with zach brown and um and uh, what you call it gentleman racer isn't gentleman he? racer on uh, was it amazon on netflix it was, mm. it was it was one of them and has done le mans several times mm. so as as a company, the money behind them has got history in not not just racing sponsorship, but actually getting in the car and driving it. Yeah. So oh, well. this this is this is why they're a little bit more believable than Rich Energy were. Well, I mean, they're they're, they're believable because because they're paying. Yeah, you know, they're they're paying the things. Yeah, you know, they've got products, and the yeah, you know, it's Rich Energy was just a fucking con, wasn't it? Oh, I saw, I saw some Rich but. Energy on sale in a shop this week, and it was with the old logo as well. So I decided to steer well clear of it. So they've not Yikes. sold enough to get rid of the old packaging yet. Yes. Jesus mm. Christ. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, let's stop talking about products. Yes, yeah, we're not we're not being paid to talk about any product whatsoever this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been asked when we do talk about products again, can we at least pre-announce that we're about to start talking about no, products? No, that's part of the fun. <laughs> Sorry, Declan, I tried. <laughs> uh, what else we're we going to talk about? Because there was another news story as well, and of course, with not having notes written down in front of me or adding to that document that Chris sent, I've completely Bottas. dried up. Bottas, yes. Yes, um, Mr. One Year has another year. Who's shocked? Nobody. <laughs> it was kind of announced a few weeks ago, but was only confirmed. That, that's the thing. I thought week. it had been announced, and then all of a sudden it was in the final stages. And Well, everybody else is tied up, and it was just a case of, oh, Bottas is, is going to sign. He just hasn't yet. And it's just like, right, okay. Well, Bottas has signed, but they haven't announced it. Right, okay. And then it took them three weeks to go. Announce Bottas. Yeah, and even, right, okay. even down to the fact with uh, uh, with George Russell like being confirmed at Williams, you go, well, there was the guy that might have replaced Bottas. So, yeah, my my whelmed is is subterranean. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're, that means you're over it. If the whelm is subterranean, you're overwhelmed. No, I'm with the whelmed. <laughs> And of course, Lewis hasn't signed his contract yet, but apparently, it's not—it's not the right time to do it. Well, I mean, also, uh, Mercedes are starting to argue about Concord agreements, aren't they? Um, yeah, the deadline for that is Wednesday this week. Oh, is it? Jesus. Yes. And uh, Mercedes said the current terms of the Concord agreement—they're not prepared to sign it. Oh, starting the rumor now, then Hamilton to Red Bull. <laughs> Hamilton to Red Bull, or how it depends. Maybe that depends on how the racing point talk goes. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, of course, I mean, the Concord Agreement is um, basically what gives the teams the money. And Mercedes don't like the uh, don't like the distribution of um, of prize money for um, I think it's I think it's all down to the historic champions amount. It's yeah, it's bec- it's not it's not the amount; it's the way that they're paid um, that Mercedes have a problem with. And Formula One, I say, no, that's how it is. And Mercedes turn around and go, well, we ain't signing. And Formula One are going, well, you got till Wednesday, to- Toto and. Formula and Mercedes have been like, well, we told you we ain't signing. So we'll find out on Wednesday whether or not Mercedes are, are formally entered in the 2021 championship. Mm. I can't I can't say they're not signing it, but I can, I can, you know, the plain chicken with the FIA, basically. I think the problem is you've got two sets of rules to worry about. You've got what's happening next year and what's happening in 2022. Yeah. Where usually, usually with a Concord agreement, you've got a set 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 of rules that's going to take you through that Concord agreement, don't you? Yeah, because I mean, I think all I think all the previous ones um, have been signed the year before a rule shake. Shake up, yeah. And well, which which the, which this was meant been. to be, which this yeah. was meant to be, even though we've been saying 2021 isn't happening in 2021 since 2019. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> we were, or I was. <laughs> um, it, it'll get. It's good. It's Mercedes doing the Brinkmanship thing again, and I thought, you know they, they've got a lot of bargaining power at the moment because for them to say, okay, then we're off. We're not signing it. All of a sudden, you lose multiple world title winners. And mm-hmm. an engine supply to thirty percent, well, forty percent from next season of the grid. Yeah, you know, um, Chase Carey's not going to want that. Um, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying they're doing brinkmanship with the FIH, FOM. That's yeah, that this is this is agreed with them. I'm not used to saying that uh, people are people are at war with the FIA. Just, they probably it, are somewhere along the line. Oh, they? Ah, there's, there's bound to be bound to be yeah, bound to be something. <laughs> Like a war-torn Middle Eastern country. (laughs) (laughs) Rossbergia. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we shunt it? Do we not need to do some predictions? Oh, shoot. Yes, we haven't had had predictions. I can't get my head around these triple headers. (laughs) It's race week again. (laughs) It's always bloody race week. Um, right, you got a, we got a pen and paper. Uh, oh, no. that's a very good question. No, it's oh. All, it's all, oh God, lots of <laughs> lots of cats. <laughs> so that was the sound of Dizzy's head bouncing off the table. <laughs> um, she's a resilient cat. She she appears to be fine. Um, I was going to say it's okay. I've got uh, I've got notepad open. After all that. After all that. After I concuss the cat. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting you're getting an evil look right this minute. Um, who wants who wants to go first, or shall I do the um, people what aren't here? Let's have the people who couldn't be bothered turning up. Well, um, I jest. They they. I, I was I was going to say Dan Dan's kind of busy tonight, so he couldn't be with us. Um, but he is going. Dan should be married. Yes, uh, Dan who should have been married this weekend. He should be on honeymoon right now. But thanks to COVID. It's now next year. Yes. Um, he is going for... I'm just scrolling back in our message thread. Um, 
the same top three as last week, which is Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. In that order. In that order. And then our guest predictor this week is on Twitter, and it's Justin Smedley. So thank you for uh, thank you for sending that through. He's going for a Hamilton win, Verstappen second, and V one point three Bottas third. Uh, he also is throwing Rockstars and Wankers in. Um, Rockstars, Albon figures out what felt right with his car during the last race, finishes P4, keeps it within 0.4 of max in all sessions, unlike his usual 0.7 plus, and Science rebounds with a P5 at his home race. Wankers, Stroll, who goes against the f- falsely claimed if he has a good car, he does a good job thing again. Liv, you've been talking to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari for insert one of any of the multiple fails will ultimately make. Yeah, that's fair. Well, if I tell you what, for a season that we thought should be really, really predictable, it's not been very easy to predict, has it? No. No. No, no I'm going to go the same as, as, as Justin. I'm going to go Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Okay. Hang on, I'm just... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to operate a keyboard at arm's length. <laughs> it's not really working. Why don't I just move the microphone? So Hamilton, what tyres are we using? It is the same tyres that were at the first Silverstone race. Right, okay. So one, one, two and three. Yep. But it's going to be much hotter, isn't it? It's going to be around a little bit hotter a than bit it was hotter. at Silverstone this weekend, but not like, oh my God, it's an entirely different climate. Right. Remembering it wasn't cold at Silverstone last weekend, it was still pretty damn warm. Yeah, mm. this is very true. Anybody fancy? Uh, I'll, it, I'll go. I thought it. Lee was going. I thought that's why he was asking questions. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Go on then. Um, Max Verstappen. Okay. Albon. Christ. Whoa. And Lewis Hamilton. This is an exotic podium. I would like to I, see that race. I think Albon's going to sort himself out a little bit, and I think the Mercedes are really going to struggle. I am also going to go for a Verstappen win. Mm-hmm. I am going to go for a Hamilton second. And because the tyres seem to last quite well for Leclerc, I'm going to go for Leclerc third. Mm. If if I knew Hulkenberg would be racing, I'd have gone with, Leclerc, with Hulkenberg for third. But I think it'll be Perez. And I don't think after missing this time, he'll be able to get it on the podium after that that long. Uh, and I don't think uh, Stroll's capable of finding the podium. But do we think that uh, Racing Point will pull Perez in towards the end of the race to um, give, uh, give Lance a bit of a bump? Well, yeah, no. but he's still no, not no, going to be close enough to it, the podium. It was only because uh, Hulkenberg won't be driving again. I don't like. I I I think the bonus was making uh, was not having um, him him outscored like outdone by the reserve driver. But I think that was just a bonus of the giving him the extra points. Well, I'm going to go for a Verstappen win, Bottas second, Hamilton third. Um, I think Lewis will suffer with his tyres again. And if you want to join in and make your own predictions, if you go to threelegsportwheels.com, go to the game section, and we've got the 2020 Prediction League there, you can predict your top three, um, pole sitter, uh, fastest lap, and how many DNFs. And you've got until five minutes before Q1 starts on Saturday, which is 1.55 UK time to do that. And we've already had a few predictions 
um, even though it only went up a couple of hours ago. So there's some people massively confident, even ahead of FP1 on Friday. That is bold. You, if you if you put them in, you do get to change. You can change them at any time, oh, okay. right? Right up until five minutes before qualifying. So I think these people have just put it in just in case they forget. I tell you what, the uh, the smart um, the smart fiver might be on Ricardo for uh, for a podium. Yeah, I thought that on Sunday let me down. I want to um, say Ricardo traditionally not a Spain goer, but I could be wrong. Off the top of my head, I did not look this up before opening mouth. Because he didn't. An idea. He he didn't even seem to 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 bother too much with tires, did he? The tires seem to be pretty good for him. We didn't hear him complaining about the tires yeah. too much. I mean, his spin was while he was on well-worn tires, but that's one of them, isn't it? Hmm. One to look at. Right, definitely shunting time now. Not absolutely. Not, not, right, forgo- not forgotten so. anything else. Oh, just just before just before we do that, I'll get this one in now. Formula E. Uh, just waiting for the next patch. <coughs> oh, death. Yeah. yeah. Just waiting for the next patch from Codemasters, which is. Uh, during the next few days, which apparently will fix the time trial glitch. So, Formula Lee should be back on from next week's show. Good stuff. Which, which is just as well, because Scott, Th- Scott 3D, who were uh, sponsoring it this year, have got some prizes lined up, and uh, we'd like to be able to give them away. Thank you, Codemasters. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, ne- this one has come from Tom Horrocks. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Good, Hello, Good Tom. start. I think, he is, I think he is a previous shunter. Uh, the name is, is familiar. He- He's a previous shunter and he's a McLaren fan, which always gives him a bump. Right. Um, I am minimising windows. Just but not closing not the laptop. Close, not closing the laptop. Correct. Just making sure that we're still recording. Yeah, we are. <laughs> also, no, nobody reminded me this week, and I remember he reminded me like two weeks ago. So his was the highest up the list for the bump. So if you want to get in and fucking get your shunt used, get <laughs> messaging me. Uh, I was born. Yay. Have we done this one? No, I don't think we have. (laughs) I don't think we have. Scroll to the the bottom and have a look at the answer. Yeah, no, we haven't. You're all right. I I was born in the month of February. Right. Okay. Okay. I died in my 20s. Okay. Nice and morbid. I never raced in Formula One. So this this could be Hubert. Not sure when his birthday was, but he died twenty. Did yeah. not get to F one. Should have. Yeah. Would have yeah. probably done this coming year. Yeah, would have definitely been in with a with a shout for a Renault seat. Yeah, let's go Hubert. We haven't got anything else. Yeah. Uh, my death occurred at a horrific crash at Spa Francorchamps. It's yeah. sounded like uh, Antoine Hubert. Uh, my last full se- in my last full season, I won two races and got one pole position. Which I think he did. His last full season would have been F3, in which he yeah. was champion. Which so suggests... He did better than that, didn't he? I would have expected more race wins for that, yeah. Yeah, it was, what, thir- uh, 33 on the grid, so it can get very mixed up. Very true. Uh, I was widely considered one of the best drivers from my country before my death. Yeah, that would still still ring true for Antoine Hubert. Yeah, I would like a guess. 
I don't have a better offering than Hubert at the moment. No, neither do I. No. You, you, you're burning two guesses on Antoine Hubert. Easy for me to say. Yes. Clue seven. I am not Antoine Hubert. Good Lord. Oh. We've been <laughs> led might... down a path. <laughs> they knew it was coming. Wow. Okay. That might be my, that might be my favourite clue of that's, all time. That's very good. I feel like this guy is in our head. Um... <laughs> uh, I am the Zodiac Killer. Now, um, good Lord. I drove for Mercedes-Benz uh, for two years ag- uh, against my mother's wishes. Right. Okay. I've got. I've got a thought. I'm just going to throw it out after the after the next one. Okay. After winning the German Grand Prix, I became one of Adolf Hitler's favorite drivers. Also, going back a little bit, then. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to be what I thought it was. I was. I was going to take. I was going to take an outside punt at um, a name that um, Sean is. Fond of uh, fond of dropping facts about when he's on the show, Prince Beera. Oh no, yes, no. Prince Beera. Christ. I was going to suggest Wolfgang von Trips, but Wolfgang von Trips died at Monza and not Spa. Napsy and anything from you that are going to get this right. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> Although I am British and proud, in 1938 I married the daughter of the director of BMW again against the wishes of my mother. That was your tenth clue that is a spaffer. I am voting that we do the spaffer this week. Yeah, I, I think I need spaffer. Yeah. My name is absolutely hilarious and rather phallic. Um, Willie Pointer (laughs) Closer than you care to imagine Oh no John Thomas Harding I've got nothing (laughs) Get get Roman.com Oh god No they're not paying us this week I'll I'll dig up the full thing (laughs) Yeah, Dick Jones. I've no idea. <laughs> I've no. I, no I have nothing. I've got. I've got nothing on this. I give in. Yeah, I'm out. My name is rather hilarious and quite phallic. It is Dick Seaman, who I've never heard Amazing. of. Amazing. <laughs> I'm scared to Google this, but also I have to Google this. <laughs> Try using yeah, Richard instead. That might. Like, yeah, I was just going to say Richard. Richard, Richard John Beatty Seaman. There he is. <laughs> Beatty Seaman. Beatty Seaman. Yes. <laughs> usually under Dick Beatty Seaman. <laughs> Christ. It's. I mean, oh, that'd be great if some somewhere it's been written as Beatty Dick Seaman. <laughs> no, no, no. Dick John Beatty Seaman. That sounds wow. like uh, that sounds like the the ramblings of a man who's had a very good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Big John Beatty Seaman, bloody hell, or, or a really bad breakup. Bloody hell, yeah. Tom. That was um, that 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 was a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the slash four challenge, <laughs> slash four wheels. <laughs> 
Oh, bloody hell. How, how, do you, how do you send a shunt in after all that? You, you can tweet me in a private message at a total shunt. You can send me a PM on Instagram at a total shunt. And that's it. Yeah, you, that, that's fine. Cool. And uh, still could do with a few for the, uh, for the backup list for the just-in-case weeks. And you can email those, threelegsfourwheels at gmail.com. Uh, you can always use that if you want to send something to us that's a bit too long for a, for a Twitter message. Um, you can get hold of us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at threelegsfourwheels. And individually we are... At Sean Cowper. At Flood21. And at Pablo100. If you want more of our wafflings, go to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels, and you can sign up to donate anything from... Now, it's changed. It used to be $1 up. Now, you can actually donate in pounds and euros as well. So it's $1 or equivalent up. And um, there's an extra show that you get, and you get the show's advert free. You get the podcast a little bit earlier as well. And... um, there's an extra sort of Patreon community that uh, we're putting together through Discord. But if you go, and you can join join in with Discord generally there. If you go to uh, Discord, sign up for an account and look for Three Legs Four Wheels, you'll be able to find us on that. Yeah, um, all our iRacing racing stuffs on there, and um, F1 2020 leagues as well. We're looking to get three started up. Um, if anybody wants to be um, in charge of the leagues, because we haven't got time to do it ourselves, so we're looking for race directors for PS4, Xbox, and PC. Drop us a line, get in touch, and uh, we'll get things kicked off. Because there's a few people who want to start doing um, doing league racing on the F1 game, it, and there's a load of us on iRacing as well. Every Sunday night, eight o'clock. Right, I think I've got all the adverts out of the way this time. Good, good. Um, I think that do- that about does it for this week. We will uh, back be back next week with. Just a review and no preview and no predictions because it's just the Spanish Grand Prix and then we've got a week off. What are we going to talk about? The upcoming Indy 500. Ah, that'll do, I suppose. Because that's, 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 a, that's a week on Sunday, so if you want to listen to Lee ramble on about Alonso, well, just listen to us every week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.